Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a four barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 did come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. Welcome back, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Yes, I'm your host, John Rush. And uh, question of the day, which I did not get a chance to throw out there earlier because we had all sorts of things we talked about that last hour. In light of our current fuel prices, what's the lowest price you ever remember paying for fuel? So in light of our current fuel prices, what's the lowest price you ever remember paying for fuel? I do have a a new car review I'd like to slip in here as uh, we get into this second hour of Drive Radio. Again, lines are open, 303-477. Five six zero zero. Had an opportunity to drive a brand new uh, 2021 GMC Canyon AT4 was the uh, uh, was the designation on this particular vehicle. So the AT4s, for those of you that maybe don't know, has more of that off-road package, different wheel and tire package, has a little different stance. It's not the same. I have a a Colorado uh, ZR2. It's not the same vehicle as that vehicle that I own, just so everybody knows. it's GMC, I believe, in the future is going to come out with a model similar to the ZR2, but it is not a ZR2. It's it's close in, in how it looks and so on, but it's not the exact same vehicle. Uh, but this is a, a Canyon, nice vehicle, by the way. In fact, we've talked about those before. I mean, I own a Colorado. It's it's basically the, the same vehicle. Uh, the Colorado, of course, is the Chevy version, and the uh, Canyon, of course, is the GMC version. And, and I want to make sure that I was correct on the year here. And it's a 2022. Sorry, it was 2022. This time of year, it gets kind of where they can can cross over back and forth but this is a 2022 and a good looking vehicle by the way i like the way the stance is and so on on it and and i like my colorado which means i like the at4 canyon as well 3.6 liter v6 mine of course has the diesel i've done a review on that before the v6 works very well also Uh, fuel economy is relatively similar from the v6 to the diesel this vehicle runs about forty six thousand seven hundred dollars comes fully equipped it's a really great what i call mid-sized truck it's not a compact truck it's what I would call a mid-sized truck and has all of the features that, you know, you would need on that type of a truck. Good GVWR, by the way, for towing. And it does, it is over that, uh, uh, I believe, you'd have to double-check the GVWR, and it's different on each one of these, by the way. Depends on how the cab configuration is and so on. But typically, if you're a business owner, it will qualify also for the Section 179 depreciation as well. Great vehicle, though. I mean, again, I, I really like mine. Uh, Ken Rackley from Tech Automotive has one as well. We talk about his from time to time on the program. Uh, great vehicle, great size, easy to park, uh, good ride, uh, good good power, by the way. They work very well. And again, is it a vehicle that I would buy? Um, well, yeah, because 
I own one. So that one's an easy one for me to say. Uh, these are orderable. There's not too many on lots right now, as most of you know. So it's a, if it's a vehicle, though, that you're very interested in, most dealers will order you one. And there are orders, uh, you know, going in and then coming back to you in a relatively um, uh, reasonable amount of time is probably the best way for me to say that. But if you're interested in one, go check it out at, at your local GMC dealer. Please, by all means, tell them that John and Richard Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Dell in Westminster, you're next, sir. Cam, done. How we doing, sir? Yeah, this is Dell. How you doing, Dell? Uh, pretty good. Phoenix Station at 52nd and Wadsworth back in the day had their regular was 25 cents a gallon and the 100 octane premium was, uh, I think, 35 or 40 cents a gallon. That's pretty good. I, I can remember prices when I first started driving. I mean, I can remember prices lower, but when I first started driving, they were 42 cents a gallon. Yeah. Yeah, back in the back in the day, they started at 25 cents a gallon there at Pina. Mm-hmm. They had Pina stations all over town. It was a good fuel, too. Awesome. Yeah. Dell, I appreciate it. As always, thanks for the phone call. And, uh, and uh, an update on what he remembers as fuel prices. Roger, you're next, sir. Go ahead. Well, good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is, I've got a uh, 240Z73 okay. that I put into storage years ago. And being an idiot and not thinking things through, I uh, put it into storage with some of that Arco graphite oil in it. Okay. And it's turned to jelly. Okay. And I'm wondering if there's an easy way, short of tearing the engine down, of getting that stuff out of there. Hmm. How, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, how gummed up is it? It's, it's not really gummed. It's more like uh, jelly. Of course, I haven't checked it recently. Okay. But I, I mean, will it drain? I mean, will it drain out at all, or have no, you looked? No, it's, it's, it's jelly. Yeah, so it is jelly. Hmm. Right. I, I, I mean, with, I, I mean, that's we, again, that's a tough one. Without looking at it, that's that's a tough one for me to make that determination, Roger. I mean, I, I think if it were me, of course, as you know, you can't run the vehicle at all, and it's very hard to get things circulated around in there without getting things warmed up. That's the biggest thing that you're up against. Um, I was wondering about running, like you know, hot water through the cooling jacket. Yeah, you know, if you if you got the cooling jackets, you know, heated up enough to where you could at least get the engine block itself warmed up to try to get some of that to run out, you know, because once you get it to run out, there's all sorts of, you know, chemicals. BG even makes some in, you know, some some uh, you know engine clean, uh, you know, products to where you could actually run that through it once you get the majority of it out. But you're gonna have to get, you know, gosh, Roger, 95 percent or more of that out to even do that. Yeah. All righty. And, you know, the other thing, too, the other thing you could do, since that one's fairly easy, you know, pull the valve cover off to where you can actually, you know, get more product down inside and see exactly what things look like. Um, I'm tr and, again, I'm, 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 I'm grasping because, you know, not being able to see it. it can, how hard – I don't remember on that vehicle. How hard is the oil pan to get off? 
not hard at all. There's lots of room under the hood. Well, that. then you know what? I think if it were me, maybe an easier way to do that would be to pull the pan, pull the valve cover, and at that point you could literally take diesel fuel to, to try to you know pour down through everything and get the majority of that all out. And then, of course, you know, because the diesel fuel's got some lubrication to it as well. And then I think I would follow that up with ATF because that's also got really good detergents and things that will clean as well, but also has lubricity to it as well. And then, I, you know, that last stage then would be put everything back together and put, put real oil in it, run it for a little bit, put some of the other cleaning devices, you know, cleaning chemicals that BG makes in it, run that, and then drain it again, then put new stuff back in it. So it's going to be a process, but I don't think you're going to have to disassemble the whole engine to do it. Yeah. Well, it's been stored for 20 years, so I'm not in a big hurry. No, exactly. No, so just take your time and do that. That would be my approach, Roger. All right. Well, I appreciate the input on that. You're very welcome. I appreciate the phone call. 303-477-5600 is our number. Jeff and Steamboat Springs, you're next. Hey, good morning. Um, I just wanted to say, when I was a youngster back in eastern Iowa, I can remember my dad buying gas for under 20 cents a gallon. Under 20, huh? Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Too funny. Oh, I think I paid. I don't want to tell you what we paid the other day. But um, it ain't cheap. To... It ain't cheap, Jeff. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, well, you know, like I told anyway. you, I've got a client out in California. It's seven bucks a gallon out there. Oh, seven yeah. bucks. That's all I so you know, ten gallons that. is seventy bucks. Seventy bucks. Yeah, jeez. I think. Oh. They think they're going to force us all into electric cars. Well, I, to me, that's the, you know, I, I'm one that will tell you that's their end goal. Yeah, sure is. Um, they don't want us to be mobile. No, so. they do not. Anyway. They, they, you can't control a population when they're mobile. No. Uh, and, and, you know, exactly and, you know we're, we're a car, you know, car, you know, show. I can say this. I mean, I said this the other day, but I still I mean this sincerely. The Model T, Henry Ford, you know, the freedom that this, you know, that, that Model T opened up in America. And then, of course, you know, competition and other people came out with cars that were also as, as good. And, you know, as time went by, you know, here we are. And, and the reality is because of those vehicles back in the day, literally, as you know, Jeff, opened up towns, you know, all over America that otherwise the only access was train. I mean, it really changed yeah. the makeup of the country, made us more free. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've taken the train back to uh, uh, Midwest and Iowa, and you saw the whole different uh, side of how uh, towns were developed. Right. Until the, the roads came in. And That's then right. They were, went away from the railroad lines. Uh, but anyway, I had to follow up. I had that battery problem with my yes. uh, 20-year-old. Yeah, all with the, the all-road. Road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got it going. I took it into uh, my mechanic up here and... Um, but probably because all this cold weather, but uh, had lots of volts, but the cranking power was there wasn't any. Ah, so I okay. Got, yeah, there's your so answer. I wouldn't get. Yep, I know it was one or the other. So, but it, I did do the terminal stuff that Jeff uh, had said, and uh, did all that, and then I still needed to jump it to get it going. But um, it's all taken care of now. So I appreciate you guys' nice. insight too. Nice, good job, good job. Yeah. Jeff, appreciate you very much. You bet. Thanks, Thanks. man. Gary in Denver, Jim, also, you guys hang tight. we got one line open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
Take advantage of Gina's European Car Special on your Audi, Volkswagen, or BMW. This month, save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. For over 38 years, Gino's Auto Service has been serving customers along the front range. Gino's works on American, Asian, and European models. At Gino's, we are big believers in catching problems before they start. By following your manufacturer's recommended service dates, you will keep your car performing and get the most out of your vehicle. To make your life simpler, Gino's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Take advantage of Gino's European Car Special this month and save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Gino's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them and be polite. Don't say anything and don't give any information that is asked. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Welcome back. One line open, 303-477-5600. Gary in Denver, you're next. Yo. Hi, Gary. Hey, how you doing? Good, sir. Thanks for calling. Yeah, uh, 1969, I was buying gas in Denver for 29 cents. Wow. Uh, if you shopped around, you could find it for 84. Um but the main thing, I, the thing I was talking about before COVID, I'd gone to Vietnam for 21 years, and 15 years of money uh, inflation, uh, it had doubled. Yeah. And um, so right now, a thousand dollar dong uh, is about five cents, and that's the way our money's going. Yeah. We've borrowed so much money now that the only thing that's going to hold its value is either land or um, or gold. 
I can't and disagree. Maybe, you know, or something that's solid. Something tangible. tangible. Yes. No, I, Gary, I, I cannot disagree. It's why, frankly, what you just said, it's why certain items have held their value and have gone up. You know, real estate, land, you know, buildings, classic cars even. You know, it has to be the right one, of course. But, you know, those types of tangibles, guns, you know, those have done very well with inflation because they've, they keep right up with it. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Mother, money, Matt, money is not. Mother Matt, Matt, go to church. Yep. Anyways, thank you. Gary, thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. So much for your phone call. Jim and Centennial, you're next, sir. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. Hey, I got a question about the tire pressure monitoring system. Sure. It seems like my wife's car and my daughter's car, they're, they're like off by like two and a half pounds. I mean, I checked them with, I have two digital uh, readers and then an analog one that hooks up to my uh compressor they're all seem to be in line but you know the, hers calls for 32 psis i put it to 32 but the car is reading 30 and throwing the light on mm, okay. so i have no choice but to go well i'm gonna you know i gotta pop it up to like 34 35 just for her light to be happy how, bo- how old are both like cars jim cars. uh 2013 and a 2017 okay they're both um even even the 2017 at you know five years of age most likely the sensors on the 2013 for sure. The sensors are getting weak, guaranteed on the 2013. In fact, I'm surprised they're still even working, uh, you know, efficiently at 20, you know, on a 2013. If it's got any kind of miles on it at all, I'm surprised because they're just a battery inside the sensor. That's how they work, and they go bad over okay. time. And and most likely what's happened is the batteries are getting weak, and that's why the pressure's off. Oh, okay, all right. So just something like, uh, is that something like, you know, like Ken Rackley can just... Yes, and then there's universal, uh, not universal, but there's aftermarket is what I should say, sensors that are much cheaper than buying the OEM sensors, and actually they work as well, if not better, than the OEM ones did. Yeah, he can do all of that for sure. Okay, great. I'll be bringing them down there soon anyway, so I'll have to take a look at those. There you go. Thanks, sir. You're very welcome, Jim. Appreciate it. 303-477-5600 is our phone number, guys. And uh, Jeff Kitty just sent this in, by the way. Speedway... Auto Parts, which is open on Saturdays. Actually, they still one of the old style wrecking yards where you can, you know, go in and you know look at a part and pull a part and find a part and all of that. So if you're looking for one of those, you know, old car, hard to find parts, nobody's going to have it. Napa doesn't sell it. Which if it's old enough, a lot of folks won't, especially body parts, things like that. Uh, Speedway Auto Parts. Jeff Kitty was down there, and uh, they, again, they are they are open. Uh, until, uh, he's at call first, but they're open until three. Greg is the contact at Speedway. So Greg at Speedway Auto Parts and Jeff, uh, Kitty, thank you for sending us that. I do appreciate that very much. So, all right. Gas prices. Yes, they're high. Question of the day. What's the cheapest you remember paying for fuel? I gave you mine. Mine, I, when I first started driving was around 40, I shouldn't say driving, because I drove early. Uh, when I first remember being around the dealership and, you know, driving cars around and filling them up and doing those sorts of things on the lot, of course, I didn't drive on the streets. It was like 42 cents. By the time I started driving, when I turned 16, it was in the low 60s. So there had been enough of a jump. Uh, keep in mind, when I started working around vehicles and being around them, we were just coming out of the kind of those embargo years and so that's when, you know, the prices of, of course, you know, jumped. Just you guys know, I don't have to get through the history of fuel prices. The one thing that 
I haven't done, but I'll try to do that maybe even at the top of the hour, is tell you in relation to what we were paying for fuel back then to where we are now in regards to inflation, what should prices be today versus what they were back then? It's it's not as low as most people think because, of course, inflation is high. So I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can't put that stuff together here towards the top of the hour. Anything you want to talk about, though, we're here for you. And again, the question of the day is in light of current prices, what's the lowest you can remember them being for fuel? Uh, Charlie said, when I bought gas to mow yards as a kid, 25 cents. Charlie, okay, 25 cents. That's, that's, yeah, and Charlie said he thought that was outrageous. <laughs> 25, well, but you know, you didn't make as much money back then. You probably didn't make a whole lot more money than that mowing, you know, mowing lawns back then. So, uh, again, folks, what, uh, question of the day, what's the cheapest you can remember buying fuel for uh jim is up next jim welcome sir hey good good afternoon thank you for your show thank you jim um i uh, graduated from college in grand forks north dakota in 1972 and uh we had a gas war between fargo and grand forks okay gas was 16 cents a gallon 16 okay yeah and uh, and that was good because i had a 68 chevelle 396 oh. four-speed. <laughs> Jim! Help me out. You, you don't still have that car, do you? No, I don't. Nuts. I know. Nuts. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, you know, we, did, we have... didn't think about that stuff back then and, and what, what that car would be worth today, did we? Nope. Nope. I've got a 81 uh, Camaro Z28. Oh. That, Value is still not very good on that. I no, think. they're starting to get a little better, though. I mean, you know, whole, you know, depending upon how long you want to keep that car, I think eventually those are going to go up. You're right; they haven't yet. I do think that's kind of that next version where they will start at some point, Jim. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy your show. What color? By real quick, what what color is that car? Uh, white with a blue stripe. Nice, nice. I remember those. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's got. 70,000 miles on it, one owner. Nice. And, and Jim, by the way, for everybody listening, he's in St. Francis, Kansas. So, Jim, thanks for listening to us all the way out there. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, we do enjoy you out here. Well, I appreciate it. Jim, thank you very much. I I really mean that. Thank you for listening all the way out there. That's a a great honor. Uh, Wayne and Greeley, you're next, sir. Good morning, John. Good morning, Wayne. Nice day out there today. Not bad. A little windy up our area. I don't know what it's like out oh, there in Greeley, but it make, well, making it a little cooler today. Yet, but uh, I've been looking out there. I checked my temperatures, like 42, I think, here now. And yeah, today. we're about that. Well, we're 54, but the wind's blowing, which is making it colder. Oh, well, see, yeah, you guys can have the wind. I'll stay the way I am. Um, I, I, won't, I won't blame you well, on that one. I asked you this before, and I, it's kind of redundant, I guess, but I, I need to know. These batteries they have in the new cars, and I think maybe this one's an AGM also, there's really no problem maintaining those with one of the small maintainers, is there? long as it works for an AGM battery, no, it's fine. You can use it, and I most have, of them will. So the ones, it, it's those little, oh, what the heck are they? Battery those? tenders? Yeah. Yeah, you should be fine with that. I use them on mine. They're, they're, you have no problem with those. Okay, I think I should call them and ask them? Nope, I use them on mine. They work fine. Okay. Great. Well, if you use them, I'll use it. Yep, they work fine. I have no issues with it at all. They're good. Why, what the heck? Uh, as far as gas goes, somebody maybe that knows more than me uh, can remember more of it. Um, I used to get a couple quarters and drive up to this pump uh, 
and throw a couple quarters in there and cr- and push this big old crank up back and forth and fill the tank up on the top, the clear yep. bowl, yep. clear tank. And I don't know how much was up there. I don't know how much they I put don't in know. there. A couple gallons, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know how much that maybe was. Maybe more than that, even. Some people have those in their garages, you know. Yeah, they, for, they do. Maybe somebody can let us know how much those held, so I know how much I was paying for gas. But uh, I used to put that in my old 40 Ford, and I could drive that thing to school for a week. <laughs> you know, and looking at them, I mean, I just pulled one up to look at it. Um yeah, they you know they they were they were probably four or five gallons just from looking at it. Wayne. I'm thinking it was quite a bit, and I had to stand there and pump quite a while, you know, for for two quarters actually. Yeah, they you know they and some of them actually had markings. Some of them I think were up to sixteen yeah, they gallons. Did. They did. I just don't remember. Well, I'm uh, looking at one now that was up. Sorry, ten. This one I'm looking at was an old shell, and it was ten gallons. The whole thing was ten. The whole the whole thing was ten. I bet you I used to put five or six in there maybe for 50 cents. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I I kind of remember, I thought I saw gas, can remember in my mind, that in the teens maybe back then, and that had to be in the 50s, you okay. know, early 50s. Okay. So I don't know. It's a far but cry anyway, from that today. Yeah, I'd put my two cents No, I appreciate it, Wayne. Always good to hear from you. Thanks very much. Enjoy your afternoon. And uh, I tell you what, we uh, are kind of at the bottom of the hour. Mickey, hang tight. Roy as well. You guys hang tight. Give you plenty of time when we come back from break. We've got one call coming in as well. You guys hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we want to talk about one of the most important aspects on any vehicle, and that is fuel economy. There are several factors that can affect the fuel economy of your vehicle, and today we're going to talk about just a few of the most important ones. First, simply observing the speed limit can have a significant impact on your fuel economy. While each vehicle reaches its optimal fuel economy at different speeds, Gas mileage usually decreases rapidly at speeds greater than 50 miles per hour. A good assumption is that for every 5 miles per hour over 50, your fuel economy will decrease an average of 2 to 3%, and that can add up pretty quick. Next, you should avoid excess weight in the vehicle, as well as hauling cargo on your roof. Now, cargo on your roof increases aerodynamic drag and wind resistance, and thus lowers fuel economy. Many large rooftop cargo boxes can reduce fuel economy around 8% in city driving and as much as 17% at interstate speeds. The second biggest impact on fuel economy comes down to driving habits. Aggressive driving to include speeding, rapid acceleration, and braking waste large amounts of gas and they can lower your gas mileage by as much as 25 to 30 percent at highway speeds and as high as 40 percent in stop-and-go traffic. Smooth consistent accelerations and braking keep your vehicle at optimum fuel efficiency. The greatest impact to your fuel economy is always vehicle maintenance. Proper maintenance of your vehicle will keep fuel efficiency at like new performance levels for as long as you own the vehicle. Most fuel systems and air induction systems should have a thorough cleaning at least every 15,000 miles in order to maximize fuel efficiency. 
As with everything else on your car, if you take care of the maintenance on your fuel system, your car will have like-new performance for many miles to come. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio as the cold comes in, don't let the heat go out. Call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air for all of your HVAC, electrical, and boiler needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They specialize in HVAC, boilers, and all your electrical needs. This is not the time of year to mess with heating issues. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, focused on doing the job right at an affordable price. They are a top-rated home services company with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard Furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You might be misinformed about your home insurance policy, and while you're making the claim, is not the time to find out. Paul Lewinberger knows this and will educate you about the types of home insurance so you can make the right choices. There are three different kinds of home insurance. Structural home insurance covering the outside, liability insurance for if someone gets hurt on your property, and contents insurance for possessions inside the home. Paul knows that the insurance money received after a big loss is often not enough for total loss replacement. In fact, with other companies, there is no such thing as total loss replacement. That's unique to Paul. Make sure your coverage matches your premium. Otherwise, you can't have the peace of mind that you should have with insurance. Work with someone who will make sure you have the right policy. Call Paul Lewinberger at 303-662-0789 to learn about getting coverage that gives you peace of mind. RanchFreshMeats.com has added some great steak grilling options for you to try this spring. Bison tomahawk steaks, Morgan Ranch Wagyu tomahawk steaks, and Colorado Certified Angus Choice Beef Tomahawk Steaks. A tomahawk is the industry name for a bone-in ribeye. The bone is left extra long and Frenched back to the eye of the ribeye. It makes for a very impressive plate presentation, and the meat cooked with the bone left in is delicious. You'll spend well over $120 to enjoy one of these steaks at a restaurant. Now get the same taste at a better price at RanchFreshMeats.com. Check out the video tab for a demonstration on how to best grill your tomahawk steaks like professional chefs do at the steakhouses. Try all three tomahawk steaks this spring and decide which one is your favorite. Remove the mystery of where your meat comes from. Buy from RanchFreshMeats.com.
All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Welcome back. Mickey in Denver, you're next, sir. Yeah, I'd like to offer a little perspective on the gas prices. Let's hear it. We ain't bad. I, when I served overseas, they sell it by the liter. So it's about double what it was here at the same time, mm-hmm. which is why you saw more fuel-efficient cars, more standard transmission cars, because they get better mileage, at least there. Anyway, back in se- I found a receipt in one of my old books from the summer of 71, upstate New York, okay. 25 cents a gallon. Now, here's for the rest of the story. Back then, a nickel candy bar was a big candy bar. Right. I mean, the same one now is two bucks. Yep. But here's the rest of the story. When the oil embargo hit up there, gas went to $1 a gallon. Wow. So That, that was in what, 19? What year was that? Line. That was 1974. 1974, okay. Yeah, when the oil embargo hit, it went to a buck a gallon in upstate New York. And you had to wait in line even odd license plate numbers. Right. You could run out of gas just waiting in line because the lines went around the block. So, anyway. so real quick, in comparison, in 1974 for a dollar, today in 2022, that would be five seventy-five a gallon. Nope. You got to figure, we went from 25 cents a gallon to a buck. Yep. So now that would be, to even out today, that would be 10 bucks a gallon. Four times as much as what we were paying. Well, I mean, I just use an inflation calculator that, you know, you can pretty much find online anywhere. I, I went ahead and did Charlie's, so from 1965, when his was a quarter a gallon, that's two twenty-five in today's money from 65 well, to today. Well, I've got the receipt still somewhere. Nice. It went in 71, it was 25 cents, and 74 was a buck, so... People were screaming. Oh, yeah, they were. I remember that. You betcha they were. So that was that's my perspective. Awesome. Mickey, thanks, as always. I uh, always add good value. I appreciate that very much. Roy in Longmont, you are next. Hello? Hello, Roy. Yeah, I've got a 2019 Nissan Rogue SL. Okay. It has about 21, 22,000 miles on it. It's got a chatter in the engine. It will only chatter when the car is warm. I've gotten I've gotten it warm and, and it has to be accelerating. I've gotten it warm and set controlled. No noise at all. Purrs like it. I have no. Are you for sure? Are you sure it's coming from the engine or you know those have that CVT transmission? Is it engine or transmission making that noise? I don't know because I'm always in the car and you've got to be driving it when you chatter. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't have a clue. I I would, I would be more suspect to think it's transmission than engine. Okay. Not saying it What's is because I can't you know that? can't hear. I'm not driving it. I can't hear it. But um, sure. if it's here's some of for all of you listening too. This is kind of the the way this works. If it's a noise that is changing pitch based upon engine load. At that typically means it's more engine. If it's just you know a noise under load period and it doesn't change no matter what you do with the accelerator pedal, as long as it's under load, it's under load, I'm more apt to think it's transmission. 
Okay, well, in that case, it's got to be transmission. It does not. It doesn't whine. It's just a steady uh, chatter. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the reason I say that as well is because those CVTs that yes, they've we all know they've had some issues uh, with those right. particular transmissions. It's a twenty nine. Is it still under warranty, Roy, or not? No, it, it's not under warranty, but it's it was one of those. Uh, certified used cars. So in that case, it would be under warranty. I would have them look at it then. I talked to Peace Nissan, and they said, well, we'll look at it, but if it's not that, it's going to cost you 150 bucks." And I said, yeah, come on, give me a break here. Uh, So, okay. Yeah, I'm guessing it's probably one of the... I'd be surprised if it's not in the transmission. Which would would mean it's covered at that point. Yeah. Um, 19... Sixty in the Air Force stationed in Oklahoma City at Tinker Air Force Base. They had a gas war up there, and I found gas seventeen cents a gallon. Wow! Nineteen sixty. Seventeen cents. Wow. Problem was, I didn't have seventeen cents. <laughs> that was the issue. <laughs> Times so don't change much. <laughs> the difference of the money, anyway. That's good, Roy. Good story. Thank you. Appreciate you. Let me know how you come out on the rogue. I I, I want to know how that, that turns out. Jennifer and Golden, you're next. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, hello. So my son bought a uh, 2005 Toyota Matrix, and um, we brought it home, and then the battery died. So they were charging the battery, but they swapped the, the positive and negative. Hmm. And now hmm. we are kind of They've, yep. they've checked a relay. They've recharged the battery, and the battery's fine. The starter's been tracked. Yeah. What do we do now? It Most likely, those have fusible, not fusible links. They've got big main fuses that most likely it's it's burned one of those fuses up would be my guess, and you have to figure out where that's at. Hopefully, that's what it's done because, uh, well, let me ask you this. Will anything in the vehicle turn on at all? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they can get the lights to turn on. But there's no cranking, there's no nothing going off, just lights. Okay, I'll, I'll bet, and if they look, there's main, again, there's main fuses in that system. It's most likely popped one of the main fuses. Okay, and is that something that's easy enough that they can kind of go and Typically, check? Typically, yes. Yeah. So need- it should be under the hood. They need to kind of trace the battery cable. There should be, a, a, you know, a, a fuse type, you know, fuse box, fuse link. Uh, I can't remember that car, you know, distinctly on the top of my head, but there should be a, a uh, an assembly, if you would, uh, on a box assembly where those things would be mounted, and usually there's more than one. Again, if somebody out there is familiar with that matrix and wants to call in and help Jennifer, let me know. But if you follow the main power lead off the battery, it will lead you to it. Excellent. And there'll okay. be a cover on it. You, they won't just be sticking out. It'll have a cover on it. And then they just go through and check each they one. You should be able to one? see that one. I guarantee you it's burned up. Oh. It should be easy okay. to see. Great. Great. And they probably, and, they probably heard a pop when they hooked everything up backwards. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it was uh, quite a deal, I guess. Yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> that, yeah. And that, uh, let's hope, I mean, because the other issue that can, can sometimes happen is it can burn some of the other electronic components up let's hope that this is all it is and there's nothing else bad yes 
because I think, if I remember right, we did see a little smoke. Uh-huh. So. Yep. Now, there are on some vehicles actual in-the-wire fusible links. And again, I'm, I, I'm not familiar top of my head with that 05 matrix. That's getting back there in time a ways, and I don't remember exactly. Some cars back then had actual, it's called a fusible link wire, Jennifer. And what it is, is it's a... It's a wire itself that's got a different type of wire material that when it gets too much heat will literally burn in two. And it was meant to be that way. And if that's the case, then that actual wire will need to be replaced with another one because you, you want to make sure you put a fusible link back in it because if that were to ever happen again, you want that protection. Oh, great. So it may actually be a physical wire also. Okay. okay, and that's something that, again, they should be able to... Yeah, now, you, it, we may not have burned the wire clear in two. This is where you have to kind of follow the wires and, and feel them and or look for one that's been hot and burned, but it may not be burned completely in two. Okay. But you, you just telling me a moment ago there was smoke in that, that would make me, that would lead me to believe there's a fusible link that burned up more so than a fuse itself. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's great. All right. I will pass that on to okay. them, and uh, fingers crossed we get this thing okay. running. Okay. Sounds great, Jennifer. Thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Conrad, Jeff, you guys hang tight. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004. 
at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Conrad, what's going on, sir? Good morning, guys. Awesome show, like always. Thank you. So uh, I'll cut right to it. I went over to the Cars Remember Wind to pick up my old distributor so that we can get that all nice. squared away with getting the, getting Starsky fixed up. Nice. And while I was there, sitting in the in the plot right where they worked on my cars, this beautiful 1971 Plymouth Roadrunner. I mean, excellent condition, mm. 446 pack. Uh, the the seven hundred whatever sized uh, automatic transmission with the yep. slapstick shifter, yeah. uh, and so I'm I'm really thinking about it. It's, they haven't sold it yet. They pulled the engine and tranny out of it. They're overhauling all that, and I'm thinking about maybe buying it. And I just wondered if you kind of might know, or where I, you might give me an idea to look to see kind of what the price should be on something like that. I mean, it's a, it's an excellent condition. There, well, and those guys know their, you know, of course they know their prices very well down there. Um, right, as you know, it ain't going to be cheap. But yeah, it's a se- but sure. it's a but it's a seventy one, not a seventy, which will make it less money than if it were a seventy, as you know. And everybody else like you. I mean, you're probably one of those guys too, like that older style body. But I like that the seventy one on up because it's shaped more has that more of that body shape like my Torino has. Like, you know, and right. the old cutlasses and all right. those. Yeah, and and That's they're not like bringing the money yet that the 70 and prior are, but they will, It's as you know, they will be. Yeah. It's, you know. it's the, um, what do they call it, uh, B, uh, 5B blue color. That's okay, color nice color. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, little... on old cars, folks, even, it, I, I know to some people it doesn't matter, but I think, uh, Conrad, to a lot, it does. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get a plum crazy purple one. That'd be my favorite choice to yeah. get but but this looked nice you know and it caught my eye immediately and it's pretty pretty awesome so i'm gonna go down there and check it out and i take some pics and stuff and anyway i want to let you guys i don't think you can go wrong buying it i mean if you can buy it for the right price it's going to go up in value as you know that's like a piece of art right uh, like it, a painting or something yeah like literally real exa- estate no you're exactly right it's exactly right yeah yeah all right yep take care buddy conrad thanks See as always later. appreciate thanks for listening thanks for all your support, I really mean that. Uh, Jeff in Weld County, you're next, sir. Hey, John, how you doing? Good, today? Jeff. Hey, uh, I just wanted number one. I wanted to give a shout out to the folks at Novus. Great. Um, I called them a couple of weeks ago, and they came over out of their new shop in Longmont to fix a couple of chips in the wife's windshield. And they come over and did it, and told her no charge. Oh, that was so, nice of them. And just went back to their shop. So nice. It's awesome people, and they do great work. Nice. Nice. Good deal. Uh, the other question that I had for you on the winter tire subject. Yeah. I have a set of four winter tires that came off of her Mercedes. Okay. That I've had on Craigslist trying to sell them and I'm not having much luck. I want to know if you've got any better ideas of where I might be able to advertise those to get somebody that might be interested in them. 
your uh, Craigslist is almost dead now, Jeff. It is. That's what I'm finding out. Facebook Marketplace is probably your uh, your you know is a better bet if you've got somebody that's got an well, account Facebook, or whatever. Put Facebook them there. Facebook threw me off of there uh, two years ago. I'm well. Not if you've Facebook got anybody anymore. you know that could even list them for you, that's that would be the place to put them. Okay. There's really that right. that it has literally taken over. I should actually do a show on that. It's literally taken over Craigslist. Craigslist is almost non-existent now. Yeah, that like I said, I've had them on there for two months now and have gotten one text. That off that's why. Okay. Now there are some guys that sell used tires that you know might be willing to give you a buck or two. Problem is they're not going to give you much because they're going to turn around, and flip them, and sell them. I'm not saying that's wrong, but that they're not going to give you a lot of money. For them. No, that everybody wants to make money off of them. But Correct. you know, this is a this is a thirty five hundred set dollar set. Of yeah, these, those are nice tires. Yeah, exactly. That have four thousand miles on them. Yeah, no, those so. those have value still. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, Jeff. All right. Appreciate you. it very much. No, thanks so much for calling. Uh, Bernard is next. Bernard, welcome. Top of the morning. How we doing, sir? The bride has a 2012 Ford Explorer, and she had asked me if you can switch the traction control on the fly. That, sure. that information is not in the owner's manual. As far okay. as turning traction control on and off, yes, you can. No, as far as turning it from... Uh, normal dry roads to uh, mud. Oh, snow. oh! So you're talking about the yeah. modes for the four-wheel drive itself? Ten four. It depends on the mode. Oh. So if you're trying to just go from you know the the in every and I apologize all the some of those have you know multiple modes. So give me all the modes that it has, and I'll tell you what you can and can't do. Okay. Wish me luck. This is from memory. Okay. Uh, just the normal one, and then. Uh, mud, and then sand. But that could have been reversed. And the last one is snow. You could you you could go from normal to snow without any issue. I would stop to go mud or sand. Okay. And I so think snow is your first like mode, if I'm not mistaken. Negative. That's the last one. Well, that's the last one. Okay. You but you can go to that one, no problem. Okay, but then I'm going through the mud. The mud yeah, if you thing. switch it quick enough, it ain't going to matter. Ah, okay, doke. Just, just roll the dial over to it. You'll be fine. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Okay, you'll be fine. Great question, by the way, Bernard. Thank you for that, and uh, great question on her part. 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We'll get you right on air. 303-477-5600. Chris, you're next. Yeah, so... I've got an 07 Jeep Cherokee or Compass. Okay. And it's got some electrical issues that have the battery draining down. So I was going to put a solar battery charger on it. Problem being that, of course, the system comes with a, a cigarette lighter plug, but uh, that doesn't have power through to the battery. Right. So I'm wondering what's the easiest spot to get to um, power to feed the battery back from the charger inside the vehicle? Or is there one? Uh, fuse box would be one to yeah. go to. You could do that. To, uh, that one, I believe, is on, on, your, you know, on your driver's side down by your feet. Right. 
Okay. You could do that. Um, you could rewire the cigarette lighter itself to where it's powered on all the time. I mean, they do that. So if you put accessories and stuff in, they turn on and off with the key. I guess the other question I've got is why is it – I mean, nobody knows why it's draining the battery? Well, what they've said is it needs a new wiring harness. Oh. But – and, you know, it's not – it's not my normal car to drive. It's more, you know, something, okay, if everything's in the shop. So it's a spare car. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. no, I get it. So airport, I call I those airport understand. cars. That's an airport car. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So, now, yeah, I, I, it, but, and that, if that's the case, yeah, that's probably the way to do it. The other thing you could do is, depending upon how long the leads are on that solar, uh, usually they're fairly long. You could just run all the way out to the hood. Yeah, and... <clears throat> I suppose that's probably you go right directly to, to the battery is what I'm getting at. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's got leads to do that. It should it's have long enough. Yeah. It should have long enough ones where yeah. you could, you could theoretically do that. Yeah. And just, you know, feed it through the firewall and run it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost would be easier than trying to tap into, you know, other circuits, fuse box and all that. Then you're going directly to the battery also. Yeah. I'd probably do that before I did anything else, Chris. Yeah, it's just getting through the firewall. It's just getting through the firewall. Which, again, worst comes to worst, on that particular car, find a nice open spot, drill a quarter-inch hole, run them through, you know, make sure there's no, you know, make sure it's not going to scuff the wires or anything. And then once it's done, put a little bit of uh, urethane around it and call it good. Yeah. Not going to hurt anything on that car. Yeah. No, that's true. That would make it easy. You can do that on the passenger side, too, for that matter. Make it easy. Yeah. I don't remember on that one where the battery's at, passenger or driver's? Uh, Driver's. Okay, well, then drill a hole on the driver's side then. Yeah. Okay. Okay, there you go. Thanks a bunch. Chris, thank you very much. Great question, by the way. Joe, we'll take you. we got a few minutes before the top of the hour. Go ahead, sir. John, just a question on shifting in and out of four-wheel drive. As I recall on my uh, 95 V10 Dodge Ram, uh, to shift into four-wheel drive, they wanted you dead stop, car in neutral. They did on that you... car, yeah. Uh, the different the... different transfer case. Different tra- And then, as a, I don't know if it was that truck or a different one, they said after disengaging, could have been an older vehicle, after disengaging, they wanted you to back up 10 yep. feet to That's un- right. unlock That's right. Probably was that car, because that had an axle disconnect in the front that you really needed to have, uh, uh, you know, needed to be unbound to, to release, is what I should say. Right, so I just thought I'd throw that in for anybody out there who's driving a, a car with that vintage. That yeah, you know, those old, yeah, those older pickups, especially. Yeah, you wanted to be stopped. You could cheat and pop it back into two-wheel drive going down the road because that never hurt anything. And if you kind of feathered the throttle, you know, back and forth, it would even unlock the front diff. But best was to be stopped and back up. Yeah, and and most people have no clue as to why you don't want to run four-wheel drive on a, on a hard surface. Binds them um, up. And and particularly, you know, I'll just I'm sure you know, but just for the benefit of your listeners, a lot of those cars didn't have a differential in nope. the front. Nope. And when you go around a turn, a curve, the outer wheel has to spin faster than the inner wheel. And if without a front differential, you're putting a tremendous strain on the axle and wear and tear on the tires. Yep. Um, Actually, so what it is, it's there's no differential in the transfer case because there is a the diff tra- in the front, right. but it's a transfer case that has no differential. Right, and, and therefore you're putting a tremendous yep. strain on, on the system. No slip. You got, two, you got no it. Stay. You're 100% right. so correct, Joe. That's why you shouldn't run four-wheel drive. Now, with all-wheel drive cars, modern it does make a damn bit of difference, but in those older cars, 
you never ever want to run four wheel nope. drive, uh, including by the way my Kubota tractor. You never want to run four wheel right. drive. That's right. You're right. So you're right. Spot on. So, all right, I Joe, thanks, as always. Nope, good stuff. Appreciate that very much. Guys, we'll take a break. We'll come back. 303-477-5600 is our number. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.